Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Uh, I want you to look at chapter 2, verse um, 24 and 25, if you will. Chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because, why? He knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Remember, we talked about it last week. Many believed in Jesus, but Jesus didn't believe in them. Many committed to him, but he didn't commit to them. Many trusted him, but he didn't trust them. Many accepted him, but he didn't accept them because Jesus knew that they were following him for the signs and the excitement. Remember, I told you I'm going to put before you John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. I have it for you on the screen. This is the reason why John has written this gospel. And I want you to all read it with me. Uh, Come on, y'all, read it with me. And truly Jesus did. Come on, everybody, read it with me like you mean it. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. 879 verses in the Gospel of John, all intended to cause us to believe in Jesus. And listen, John is right on task here in chapter 3 as we move to chapter 3. Nicodemus, who may have been one that Jesus did not commit himself, he had faith and belief, but it was the wrong kind of faith. How many of y'all know? Not all faith is saving faith. Not all belief is biblical belief. Jesus says, Nicodemus, it's not enough to just believe. You got to go past that. You must be born again. You must experience the new birth. You got a pen? Three things happen in a new birth. I'm going to give you and we're going to talk about today. Three things happen in a new birth or when you're born again. Got your pen? Number one, you experience the new life. This is what we're going to talk about. You experience new life in verse one. And then the second thing that happens in the new birth is you experience the supernatural. We'll find that in verse 2. You experience new life. You experience the supernatural in verse 2. Thirdly, what happens in a new birth is you experience a new nature in verse 3. Real easy today. You experience new life. You experience the supernatural. And you experience a new nature in verse 3. I've titled this sermon, The New Birth 
part one. Obviously, the next time we gather together, we'll be talking about the new birth part. Part what? Two. Y'all so smart. Unbelievable. John chapter three, saints, we're picking up in verse one. If you're looking at verse one, I need you to say a hearty amen. Amen. There was a man of the Pharisees named, what's his name? Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him in verse 3, come on, read it with me. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you. Come on, read these uh, five words with me. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the wind, uh, the sound of it, but uh, you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone, Jesus says, who is born of the Spirit. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. John chapter 3 begins the first of 12 discourses given by Jesus and John. In chapter 3 and 4, we have, um, we get to listen in on a private conversation uh, that Jesus had with a couple of locals, one man and one woman. And I want you to notice the contrast in Chapter 3, there's a man, Nicodemus. He's a respected leader, respected religious leader. He's a Jew that people looked up to. Uh, Chapter 4, we have a woman, not religious at all, not a Jew, a Samaritan, not respected, a woman people look down on. Both of these people, Nicodemus and this Samaritan woman, had a private conversation with Jesus. Both took his words literally. Both missed the deeper meaning of his words. Both were sincere. Jesus was patient with both and offered both eternal life. Point number one in our outline, what happens when you are born again? You experience new life. Chapter three, notice we meet Nicodemus. You taking notes? Write this down. His name means innocent of blood, innocent of blood. Some scholars believe that Nicodemus or that this Nicodemus is the same Nicodemus, um, Nicodemus Ben-Gurion. Some scholars believe that this is Nicodemus Ben-Gurion, B-E-N-Gurion, G-U-R-I-O-N. I tell you that because Nicodemus Ben-Gurion according to scholars and tradition, is the brother of Flavius Josephus. 
Uh, you know Flavius Josephus. He's a Jewish historian. We quote him all the time. Much of what we know about Jewish history, we know it from Flavius Josephus. Uh, many believe that this Nicodemus is his brother. Uh, this Nicodemus is the third wealthiest man in Jerusalem. At the time in Israel, at this time in Israel, there was approximately 40,000 rabbis or teachers of the law. Among those 40,000 rabbis are 22,000 Levites. Among those 22,000 Levites, there are 6,000 Pharisees. Now, I realize when we say the word Pharisee or the term Pharisee, uh, most of us get a bad taste in our mouths, the scribes and the Pharisees. Although you should understand that the Pharisees initially had good intentions, uh, the Pharisees uh, initially uh, intended to preserve the word of God, uh, not only to preserve the word, but to abide in it and to do it. All 613 commandments, the Mishnah, the oral law, the traditions, the Pharisees had determined that they were going to perform it and to do it. This is the kind of man that Nicodemus was. He was a Pharisee. Because he was a Pharisee, his life revolved around rules and rituals. His life revolved around detail and devotion to God. His life revolved around procedure and religion. Are you listening? And works and law. Nicodemus was genuine and sincere and really seeking God. I want you to look at verse 1 in your Bibles. The Bible tells us that he was a ruler of the people. That means that he was a Sanhedrin. You might want to write that down in your margin. That means that he was a Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was a Jewish Supreme Court, like a senator. They were made up of 70 elite religious leaders of the nation. Nicodemus was among the 70. Nicodemus was a teacher in Israel. Fast forward to verse 10 of this same chapter. Go ahead and look at it. Jesus said in verse 10, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? So Nicodemus was a teacher in Israel. Tradition tells us that Nicodemus was a contemporary with Gamaliel. Gamaliel, who's that? Gamaliel was uh, a scholar and the T-H-E-E capital underscore bold, the uh, leader, religious leader, teacher among the Pharisees. Gamaliel, Gamaliel was so respected and devout that the Mishnah calls him rabbin, rabbin. Rab is to teach. Rabbi is my teacher. Rabbin is a step up. It's the highest respect for teacher. When someone was called rabbin, it meant our teacher, meaning the whole nation owned him. He was the teacher for the nation. If you remember Paul the Apostle, are y'all listening? Paul the Apostle was a student of Gamaliel. And actually Gamaliel says his only problem with Paul as a student is that he couldn't keep him with enough books to read and keep him interested enough because Paul was so learned and so intelligent and so smart that he had a problem as a teacher keeping him in enough books to read. So Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. When Gamaliel died, the Mishnah recorded the glory of the Torah ceased. Purity and separateness died with him. I'm telling you all that because I want you to understand that Nicodemus was in Gamaliel's camp. This is the level of respect that Nicodemus had among the Jews as a Pharisee. Nicodemus is prestigious and smart and wealthy and religious and godly and a generous man. 
This is the same Nicodemus that brought very expensive spices to embalm the body of Jesus. Don't you remember that? Joseph of Arimathea was with him. Tradition tells us it was Nicodemus who initially entered peace talks with Titus Vespasian before the temple was destroyed in A.D. 70. Did you know on the Roman calendar, August 3rd is St. Nicodemus Day? Nicodemus had an impeccable resume. If heaven could be earned by someone's accomplishments, Nicodemus would have had change left over. It seems the Holy Spirit is bringing the lens in closer. Are you getting this? The Holy Spirit is bringing the lens in closer and closer. Notice in your Bibles, Nicodemus the man. Nicodemus a Pharisee. Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. That sounds like a a movie trailer, doesn't it? Nicodemus the man. The Pharisee, the ruler of the Jews. Sounds like a movie trailer. Nicodemus seemed to have it all. He was religious and respected and honored, and yet he was still hungry. Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you have it all, but you really have nothing because you're not born again. You must be born again. I'm so happy. Look at me. Give me your attention. I'm so happy that chapter 3 is in the Bible because some people think that if they're good enough, they'll go to heaven. Am I right about it? There are some people that think that they'll go to heaven if they're more religious, or they think that if they give more money to feed the children, or hurricane relief, or, you know, relief for New Orleans, or every foundation, or every food drive, people think, well, if I help out more, God's going to be more happy with me and more pleased with me, and I'm going to go to heaven. There are some people who have the idea that I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow this thing down until I work my way to heaven. We all know people like that. A lot of people believe at the end of their life, their good deeds have to outweigh their bad deeds. And if their good deeds outweigh the bad deeds, then they'll go to heaven. Listen, God brings Nicodemus before us deliberately to show us the only way to get to heaven is new life. You must be born again. Now, let me tell you something before we go any further. When we talk about being born again, we talk about new birth, regeneration, new life, All of these are the same words used interchangeably. It simply means rebirth or transformation. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Born again. You don't hear that word much often now in the church, do you? You don't hear that word much often anywhere. Do you know we we really don't use that word that much anymore? I remember when I first got saved, um... Born again was part of the vocabulary. Am I right about it? Anybody else? Born again was just part of the vocabulary. When you got saved, you got born again. Today, there are seminaries that no longer teach the idea of born again. They don't even teach the idea of the second birth. Today, the church doesn't use the term born again very much. We might say saved. Are you saved? We might say, are you a Christian? We might say, are you a believer or do you know God? Listen, the last thing you need to do is ask somebody, do they know God? Do not listen. I repeat, do not ask someone, do they know God? Because what are you talking about? God to them might be a head of lettuce. What is God? Who is God? That's a very open and nebulous term. 
Nowadays, you got to be specific. It's not do you know God, and now it's not even are you a Christian. I think we need to get back to what Jesus says. Are you born again? I'm waiting for somebody to say amen and clap your hands or something. Are you born again? When you ask somebody, are you born again? See, that's a different idea. Here's why I'm telling you this, because that's a different idea. When you say, are you born again, that's a whole different idea. I pray that after this sermon, you'll start using the word born again. I pray you start teaching your children the word born again. Your grandchildren. Born again. I'm going to be a grandfather again tomorrow. Did I tell y'all? I just thought of that. (laughs) Talking about again. I'm going to be a grandfather again. That's a whole different term. Grandfather again. Tomorrow. How you know it's tomorrow, Rodney? Because the doctor said they're going to induce tomorrow. If she, of course, it could be today. I told her, just don't have a baby uh, during first, second, or third service. <laughs> I said, you can go into labor after that, but you cannot go into labor before that. Because if you're going to labor before that, we're going to be in church. You're going to be having a baby alone. And your husband's going to be here in church with us, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Born again, that's a whole different term. Jesus said you must be born again. We got to get back to saying what Jesus said. Can somebody say amen? amen. Jesus didn't say to Nicodemus, you must know God. He didn't say to Nicodemus that you must follow me. He didn't say to Nicodemus, you must Be a Christian. He said, you must be what? Born again. The term born again has been hijacked by the world, the political world. President Jimmy Carter said he was born again. Of course, many of his statements didn't reflect someone who was born again. Uh, I think of Jim Jones, who claimed to be born again. And he led the largest mass suicide in Guyana. 914 people murdered under his call, and he claimed to be born again, talking about the word born again, hijacked. 1980, Forbes magazine described born again companies. L.A. Times reported a football player made a comeback to his career to the Steelers and said his career was born again. The entertainment industry has hijacked the word born again. If you follow me on Facebook, you know I posted this. Madonna said she felt born again when her daughter was born. And of course, rap artists, they rap about every evil, ungodly, awful, filthy thing. And they're killing, talking about killing people and guns and drugs and you name it. And then they get up. The first thing they want to say is, oh, I want to thank God. I'm so blessed. I'm thank God. You ain't blessed. Hey, people, I'm blessed. You're not blessed. That's not blessed. That's your own effort. And you'll answer to God for that. The word is hijacked. Am I the only one to have a problem with that or what? Okay. The word is hijacked. And of course, I'm dating myself here now, y'all. So I'm looking at this word yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, y'all remember uh, Billy Preston and Sarita? And they sang that song, With You, I Am Born Again. I had to go YouTube that song because I had to hear it again. That is a beautiful song. It is, honestly, I'm sitting there listening to the song. It's called, With You, I'm Born Again. 
It's from the 80s. So I'm dating myself. Some of y'all ain't even know what I'm talking about. But it's from the 80s. Where y'all at? Come on. All right, some of y'all ain't telling the truth. All right. So, oh, I don't, I don't even watch TV or YouTube. All I do is pray and read the word. Okay, let's try that again. All right, you're in church. YouTube, internet, TV? Normal people? <laughs> and uh, so I'm watching this video and Billy Prist, uh, Preston and Sarita, who went on to marry Stevie Wonder, by the way, and uh, this song with you, I'm born again. It is the most beautiful song. I'm watching on YouTube and I'm going, I'm, I'm like crying, y'all. I'm like, this song is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's just a beautiful, it really is a beautiful song. Hijack word, born again. And then we think of people living in sexual sin and living together and having children together and buying houses together nowadays. And they're saying they're born again Christians. My point is the word is so hijacked. Nobody knows what it means anymore. Nobody knows what we're talking about when we say born again. Somebody say amen. And if you're going to understand what the word born again means, then we got to go back to the first place it was used. And the first place the term born again was used is with Jesus. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born what? Again. When we talk about the new birth, listen to me close. When we talk about the new birth or being born again, the new birth is not getting new religion. The new birth is getting new life. Can I get a better amen than that? The new birth is not getting new religion. The new birth is getting new life. Although Nicodemus is religious and wealthy and godly and smart and amazingly studied in Pharisaic law, none of this can replace the need for the new birth. What Nicodemus needs and what we need is not new religion. We need new life. Can somebody say amen? We need new life. And I believe Jesus uses the analogy of the birth because birth brings life. In one sense, Nicodemus is alive. He's breathing, thinking, feeling, acting, walking, talking, singing. He's human. God created him in his image. But Jesus thinks he's dead because spiritually he's unborn. He needs life, not more religious activities. Life, not more religious zeal. He needs life, spiritual life, and that's what happens in a new birth. Life comes. New life happens at new birth. Point number two, after you experience new life, then you experience the supernatural. Look at verse two in your, in your text, saints, in the Bible. Look at verse two. This man, Jesus, came to Jesus when? By night. See, Nick at night. So y'all think Disney came up with that. Disney ain't come up with that. Ain't nothing new under the sun. It's in the Bible. The man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, notice that. Now there's a lot of discussion as to why he came at night. Uh, some say maybe he was timid and didn't want anybody to see him. Uh, some say maybe he wanted an uninterrupted interview with Jesus. We don't know. But listen, it's not so much important why he came, but that he came. Notice Jesus is always accessible to the one who comes. Am I right about that? Amen. I'm going to wait while somebody clap your hands and say amen. You ought to be happy because we all came. 
In John 6, 37, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Nick came to Jesus at night and said, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do. Think about this. For many years, everybody looked up to him. And now he's talking to someone who's looking down to him, not on him, to him. He's now talking to God in the flesh. The Christmas song. Hailed in flesh the Godhead see, hailed incarnate deity. And I want you to look at this statement really closely. We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these, what? Signs that you do unless God is with him. Then this is why I believe Nicodemus was in the unbelieving crowd from chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Because he says no one can do these signs that you do except one who's come from God. Now listen, this is a great statement of faith. It's what some pious Jew would believe about Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.